Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Good evening, this is To Be Discussed with Cuff and Gurr, a show that proves that different political opinions do not have to end in feuds and the breakdown of friendships. My name is George Cuff and I'll be joined by my co-host and political opposite, Callum Gurr. Good evening, everybody. That's right, George is a hardline Brexiteer and true blue conservative, whereas I'm a Lib Dem and Ramona. But despite these different standpoints, we're still good friends. Tonight we'll be asking, are you a feminist? Who should replace Jeremy Corbyn as Labour leader? And finally, do you like superhero films? With each of these discussions being accompanied by polls, which you have the chance to vote on at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen. And these discussions will be open until the end of the song break between each topic. But first, as always, the first discussion of uh, this evening will be in will be about the opinions that you guys send in. But for a different um, circumstances, because we've had Boris Johnson become the new Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, we've had lots and lots of questions in about that. So we thought we'd push last week's question to the uh, to next week, and we would answer some of the questions that you guys have been sending in about Boris Johnson, because honestly, we have been inundated by them, and it's fantastic to see all of your interest, um, if I'm honest. So let's find out our first question, and it comes in from Adam. He says, the news is really concerning me because the UK now has yet another prime minister that isn't elected properly. So how long would Boris Johnson be prime minister for? Like, does this change when the next general election is going to be? Callum, fire away. Well, Adam, I mean, if only I had a little crystal ball so I could answer that question properly. (laughs) Um, Truthfully, um, I think, or or rather I know that it we don't know for sure how long Boris Johnson's going to be Prime Minister for, when the next general election will be. Um, I think it's likely that um, Boris Johnson will call an election either... I, I think it'll probably be just after we've had a, a no deal as such. Um, hopefully, he, well, this will be the gamble I think he'll take in terms of that it's not starting to pinch economically yet um, because maybe the the uh, money that we've set aside to kind of cover us a little bit or at least alleviate the problems that a no deal Brexit would cause 
Um, so um, hopefully that will be covering us. Um, and so I think Boris Johnson will gamble on being able to get a majority through picking up um, those votes that had been going towards the Brexit party for saying, look, I've delivered Brexit. Uh, he'll also hope that more moderate um, conservative voters who maybe might consider voting um, Lib Dem or, or maybe Labour if it was more of a uh, centre-left Labour leader. Um, I think it, it, Boris Johnson will be hoping then that um, these moderate people will back um, him and back the Conservatives because of the fact that they do not want Jeremy Corbyn in at all because in that kind of way up, I think for a lot of moderate Tory voters or, or conservative-minded voters, um, they're far more likely to want Boris Johnson compared to Jeremy Corbyn. I mean, what do you think, George, on this question? Um, well, I mean, I would firstly like to say that I didn't vote for Boris Johnson to become our next Prime Minister. Um, I voted for Jeremy Hunt, but it is how it is and we've got to respect and carry on um, as we were because he was democratically elected by um, my party, so I've got to respect that and I wish him the best of luck. Um, when will the next general election be? In, in As such, if things were normal, then it, we wouldn't have a general election until one is scheduled, which is in 2022 um, or 2021. I can never remember. Um, and if, But as Callum is rightly saying, if Boris Johnson can't get Brexit delivered by the 31st of October, then I believe he will be given um, the his P45 by the Conservative Party and we will have another um, leadership election and then a general election. But if he does deliver, whether it's with a deal or no deal, then again, I think Callum is right that we will see a general election within probably three or four months um, of October. But we, but unfortunately, as Callum rightly says as well, we don't have a crystal ball. Um, and who knows what Boris Johnson is thinking up? Because unfortunately, I don't even think he knows half the time what he's thinking. Yeah, this is this is very very true. And you're right as well, George, that um, Boris Johnson won't last very long as Prime Minister if he doesn't deliver some kind of Brexit. I think that is for sure. Right then, moving on to uh, the next question we've had in from Maddie. Maddie said, I've seen online lots of people have been comparing Boris Johnson to Trump and calling him the UK's Donald Trump. I only know him as the mayor of London, where I thought loads of people really liked him. So I'm surprised by the comparisons. Is Boris Johnson the UK's Trump? And why do people think that? George? Ah, <laughs> uh, Maddie. Um, well, I think there are, as you say, many people are comparing him to Donald Trump. And Donald Trump seems to uh, take that as a massive compliment, to be honest. Um, I think it's quite interesting that um, you've, you've only heard of his, his good kind of um, compliments coming from his time as um, the mayor of London. I mean, yes, he didn't do a bad job as mayor of London, but let's be honest, he, he didn't do a great job as mayor of London either. He was someone that decided to bring in a lot of people underneath him and just give them all the jobs and he took all the, the uh, successes from them. Um, but even still, I, I think that people believe that he's kind of like the British uh, Donald Trump because he doesn't really think when he opens his mouth. Um, he's not afraid to sometimes say the thing that everybody else doesn't want him to say and his team around him never really want him to be to go out there and just speak without a script um because we can never ever guarantee what he's going to come out with whether it's about a kipper um or 
um, some some things on on a bus, let's say. Um, but but who who knows? To be honest with you, but I I, I do see why people are calling the the UK Donald Trump. But as it goes, I don't believe he will be as damaging on Twitter as Donald Trump. But what what do you think, Adam? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can see where the comparison comes from as well. I mean, I think firstly, it's a very simple thing in terms of the hair and, <laughs> and, and Boris Johnson kind of looks a little bit like Donald Trump. And maybe Boris Johnson is not quite as, as orange as what Donald Trump is, but he, he does have a certain Trump-esque look. Yes. But beyond that, I think um, Boris Johnson fancies himself as a bit of a, a celebrity leader mm. as such. Um if you look at his time as, as mayor of London, I mean, we had the, the Boris bikes and, and he wanted to have his big island airport thing. Uh, and he, he kind of always treated it as a, as a bit of a popularity contest. And, and it was a bit of a cult of personality, very similar to what we've seen from Donald Trump before he got elected and whilst he's been elected as president of the United States. Um, and, and that kind of naturally lends weight to the fact that at core, uh, Donald Trump and uh, Boris Johnson are populist figures. You know, they, they rely upon um, not necessarily in-depth policies, but one that sound popular to certain sections of, of voters. Uh, and generally, uh, these views, although I think Boris Johnson is nowhere near as bad as Donald Trump, in all fairness, generally these um, views pick up upon people's prejudices towards Generally, it's uh, the kind of common theme between Boris Johnson and Donald Trump is is immigrants. But um, I think if you look at Donald, uh, sorry, uh, if you look at Boris Johnson's history as well, that he's he's got form for saying some quite questionable things about certain minority groups. Um, I mean, if you just have a little Google of that, Maddie, because I can't actually think of the examples to to head right now, and I don't want to misquote them. Um, but he, he certainly got form in a similar way, which obviously uh, Donald Trump, would. we saw the go home comments uh, to American born people. Um, so, so there definitely is a similarity there, I think. Absolutely. Um, right. So our next question comes in from Sean and they say, so obviously there has been basically no progress on Brexit over the past few months because we've had no acting prime minister during this transition period. Now Boris Johnson is taking over as prime minister and the Brexit talks will continue ahead of the October deadline. What do you think him being prime minister will do to Brexit? Do you think he will be a better Brexit leader than Theresa May was? Callum? Um, I think it's it's quite difficult for me as a Remainer to say whether he'll be a better <laughs> leader. Um, I think we have to acknowledge the fact that Boris Johnson did campaign for Brexit during the referendum campaign. I mean, you can obviously make the point that maybe it was more of a, uh, a choice for his professional development and to get a, a promotion, he hoped, and get the prime ministership than what he actually believed. But um, he... We have to kind of take his word at face value, I suppose. And he did campaign for Brexit. And I think this gives him a slight advantage than what Theresa May had going in, um, in terms of, um, getting more Brexit minded MPs, um, to side with him and back whatever deal he comes back with. But I think the real bottom line that would have faced Jeremy Hunt as well is that the EU showing very little willingness now to negotiate again, especially over the the Irish backstop. They say that has to be in there. And that's one of the 
kind of key sticking points on Theresa May's deal, which I don't think will go away. And the other thing that won't go away at the moment is that in terms of the majority of the Conservative Party um, in Parliament, there isn't much of a majority and and it's getting it probably will get smaller soon because there's a by-election coming up, which um, the current polling suggests the Lib Dems will win that seat, although possibly um, Boris's election might have an impact upon that. But but because of that, I think just to kind of get back to the question, I don't think that Boris Johnson is going to have a massive impact in terms of getting a new deal for Brexit. But I do think it means that we're far more likely now to have a no-deal Brexit, which, in my opinion, would be catastrophic. What do you think, George? Um, it's, uh, I don't really know what to think, if I am truly honest with you. Um, I, I think that Boris Johnson, as you correctly say, um, did campaign for leave, and I suppose that will give him a little bit of um, a, bit, a bit of a boost when it comes to ne- negotiating or, or whatever he's planning on doing. Um, but I, I genuinely don't believe that he is going into this then with any more oomph or any more drive of being the having the ability to get a deal or a better deal than his um his person that went against him Jeremy Hunt or even Theresa May um I don't the EU have rules that they are going to stick to they have red lines that they're going yeah. to stick to and they aren't going to budge on them it doesn't matter who you send in there it doesn't matter if you send Nigel Farage in there they're not going to budge and well, I think sorry George to interrupt but yeah. the, the only other thing as well is that Boris Johnson's deeply unpopular in Brussels compared mm-hmm. to what I mean Theresa May wasn't exactly their best friend or anything but I think there was a certain level of respect for her same maybe for Jeremy Hunt as well Boris Johnson is ve- vehemently disliked I think by a lot of the people that we'd be negotiating with sorry carry on George yeah no absolutely you make a make a good point and I I Unfortunately, I, as a Brexiteer, I have always sat here and said that I want to deal with the European Union. Um, and if it has to come to it, then yes, we'll go out on a no deal rather than remaining in the EU. But I just, I, <laughs> this is why I don't understand why people were so convinced that, that Boris Johnson was the Brexiteer when I don't, I truly don't believe he was. And I truly believe that he hasn't got any more of a chance of getting a deal with EU than anybody else. Um, and honestly as well, I seriously don't believe he will come out on no deal on the 31st of October. Fair enough. Right. So the final um, question we've had in is from Rupert. Rupert said, and we're going to have to answer this quite quickly, I'd imagine. But I know that Theresa May wasn't the most loved prime minister, basically the opposite. But how do you think she'll be remembered in history? George. Well, I, I truly, truly hope that Theresa May will be remembered for the good things that happened in her um, premiership rather than the bad things of not being able to get Brexit sorted. Um, I, I think she is someone that should be uh, translated in history as someone that was stern, someone that was passionate, someone who loved her country um, and someone that can inspire people, especially women, into politics. And she can't be... Um, too ashamed of what she achieved as prime minister in three years um, with um, the debt, national debt lowest, um, with unemployment at its lowest, with more students in um, higher rated education and schools. And I I truly believe that she will be remembered more fondly than her, um, her next in line would probably choose or favour. But what what do you think, Callum? 
Um, well, I think ultimately she's still going to be remembered as as the prime minister that failed to deliver Brexit. Um, but I think that doesn't necessarily mean that she will be viewed completely unfavourably. I think there will be a good school of thought that rightly point out that she was dealt a very tough hand in her prime ministership and she didn't always have the greatest levels of support from her own party, obviously, let alone the opposition parties as well. And and on that basis, I think there is a bit of nuance in, in terms of, um, of how we view Theresa May, but I do think she made some massive political errors that did actually lead to her own downfall. So, and I think people will acknowledge that as well. Absolutely right. Okay, so um, we will be back after this break. Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. Time to move on to our second discussion of this evening. And we are asking the question, are you a feminist? So feminism is defined as the belief that women should be allowed the same rights, power and opportunities as men and be treated in the same way or the set of activities intended to achieve this state. And that's by the Cambridge English Dictionary. Based upon this, you'd think everybody would identify as a feminist. However, many are critical of modern feminism and choose not to identify as such due to its supposed attitudes towards men and a fear that radical feminists want to simply reverse current power structures, i.e. so women oppress men in what is known as a matriarchy. George, what is your attitude towards feminism? Do you identify as a feminist? Well, I, I like to uh, think and hope that I, uh, I, I identify as a feminist. I definitely believe, uh, would try my best to make sure that I believe in equality for both sexes and that I, I, I believe that women should be treated as equals. Uh, and I don't, I struggle to ever find any argument against that. And I, and I would lose respect for someone that would argue against that um but something that i think you really um importantly brought to light is that there is unfortunately this element of feminism that i don't believe we can call feminism um because i don't believe that's what the majority of campaigners want but it is this idea of a matriarchal society and it is someone that it's it's a society where women would be as such in power um, and would take that away from from men and equality wouldn't even exist. And, and personally, that's not what I believe in at all. I don't believe that that is something that would be beneficial. I don't think it's, it's us as a culture moving forward at all. I think the only way or the only sensible thing to do is to have equality from or between men and women and other genders as well. Um, and, and I do, I, I struggle, I couldn't associate myself with those feminists that believe that women should be in power. Um, I, I would like to think to myself that as a feminist, I am someone that believes in equality, equal women's rights and men's rights, equal pay, um, and to ensure that everyone has the same opportunities, whoever they are, in this country and the world. Um, but what do you think, Callum? Yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said there, George. I mean, 
I certainly do identify as a feminist. Um, I think, you know, when given the definition that I gave earlier, I think most people would probably be nodding their head along and saying, yeah, well, on that basis, if that's what I believe feminism was, then I would identify as such. But obviously there is um, generally men, but there is some women but who don't identify as feminists. You think to, to an extent that feminism has gone too far, they, they believe. Um, it, and obviously I, I think that would be correct if feminism was... Um, or in the name of feminism, there was a movement for kind of women to oppress men and create this um, reverse power structures or or a matriarchy, as I said in the introduction. Um, I think that's not what feminism is, and that's not what most feminists are arguing for. And I, and I think it's it's kind of used as an excuse by some people who. Maybe, yes, they do in, in, in words, believing in, in equal rights between genders and, and things like this. But I think they don't want to do anything that will make them a little bit uncomfortable to, to do so. They don't, they don't want to actually, um, you know, make those changes as yeah. such. Um, and, and unfortunately, I think amongst even our, our friendship group, George, there, there is... A significant number of people in our friendship group who are generally, you know, good people and have like the, I mean, you, there's no such thing as a correct belief. But what 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 I think, generally speaking, the majority of people would agree with. But they, if you mention feminism, they're very much anti-feminism and and they 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 don't think it's a good thing. But quite often, I find that when you talk to people and you say, well. Feminism, in its essence, is about equal rights for women. They say, "Well, yes, that's what I agree with," but it's just there's um there's certain um feminists that want to basically make us make us their subjects as such. I suppose yeah. would be a, a way of putting it. Um, but I think it's just that's just a a, a myth that's been yeah. peddled by. I don't really know who's peddling that method as such because most people you talk to would say not necessarily they're a feminist, but they would agree with with equal rights. So I don't know why that myth has developed. But, so, I mean, on that point, Callum, my, um, I had this conversation with my mum um, a couple of weeks ago and she said that she believes in equal rights but she doesn't she wouldn't associate herself to be a feminist because she still likes to be treated it goes back to the topic that we discussed last week yeah. she still likes to be treated by a man she likes a door being held open for her she likes you know she likes all those things and i don't there's nothing wrong with that if that's what she likes and that's what she likes um and if she doesn't want to have that association with feminism then that's obviously up to her but on kind of like a reverse on what i've just said i also had this conversation with my stepmom and she turned around to me and she said how how can you say that you're a feminist, George? And obviously I explained to her because I have the beliefs of, of equal um, rights for women and everything. And she said, yes, but you aren't a woman and you haven't been through these things and you haven't experienced um, what it is like to be suppressed. So how can you be a feminist? So I pose that question to you, Callum. Do you think it is right for blokes to, to stand there and say that they are feminists? Uh, absolutely. I think it's right. Um, I think what would be wrong is if we then started to try and um, kind of take over from from women in, le in leading this fight as such, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
the the most we should be is allies as such. Um, yeah, and we shouldn't be seeking to kind of come and there's there's the phrase man explaining, which essentially means <laughs> I suppose explaining, but you're a man and you kind of think you know best because you're a man, or that's at least how the kind of definition would yeah. go as such. And so you don't want people to come in and, and mansplain these things. And um, so, so I think on, on that basis, like as long as you aren't doing that, then you're absolutely fine to call yourself a feminist. But another thing that does annoy me is is people that kind of give lip service to, to feminism, but when any kind of situation comes up where actually, if you really are a feminist, you should speak up and say, well, well that's not right. This 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 woman just said that what you said like she said it like 10 minutes ago but no one listened to her i think i think there's a lot of people that pay, pay lip service to feminism but actually when it comes to it a real yeah. situation to um enable women's rights more or or, or promote women's rights more and their yeah. beliefs they don't actually do that yeah and do do you think that um this is kind of like a false fantasy do you do you believe that we will ever actually get to the point where we have equal rights or do you think there is always going to be that struggle because you will have those that argue that um you can't have equal rights because women aren't as strong as blokes or so on and so forth all those um very medieval arguments um do you but do you think we will ever get to that stage where we will be able to triumph as a country maybe even as a whole world and say we have finally got to the point where we are equal I think it's like with anything. On paper, yes, we can do that. Um, you know, in, it can be written to the letter of the law, which I suppose in a, in a sense it already is, that, you know, you can't discriminate against someone based upon their gender. Um, and it, it can be written in law that we should be paid equally and all of these things. Mm. But in reality, there's always going to be that kind of underlying sexism uh, mm. and that that those underlying inequalities i mean just one question as well to you though george is that a lot of my uh, male friends talk about feminism now and, and they say the one of the things they find frustrating is the fact that sometimes there isn't any kind of physical evidence for for this inequality that people are talking about or women are talking about um so do you think that do you agree with them that it's frustrating there's a lack of evidence or do you think we should kind of take um, a woman or a group of women's word for it when they say that they're experiencing sexism even if they can't give any kind of evidence that would stand up in a court of law as such yeah i i think it's it's like anything really when you discriminate against someone which is what sexism is um essentially you are it's very very hard to prove you know it's very rare that you write down on a bit of paper the way um it's very rare that you have a conversation with someone or discriminate against someone or are sexist to someone over a bit of paper or over online or or something like that and also i think essentially every single person every single woman is completely different and they are going to take offence to completely different things. One lady might t take offence to something that someone said, whereas someone, uh, another um, lady might not take offence to it at all. So I think we absolutely have to um, take the word of thousands of women that have said, 
they um, experience sexism in the workplace or in everyday life. And unfortunately, I think it's very easy for a bloke, especially to turn around and and say, oh, yeah, I mean, there's no evidence of that. And I think the, the essential reason around that is because we haven't experienced it in the way that women have. And I think it's absolutely appalling of blokes to turn around and just dismiss it. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you there. Right then, we've reached the time to end uh, this discussion. But uh, remember, you can vote on this poll. Are you a feminist? You can do that at wizardradio.co.uk for us listen. And we'll be back very soon. Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. Before the break, we ask the question, are you a feminist? And to find out the results to that poll, head over to our Twitter page. That's at WizRadio. Okay, then. Um, Let's move on to our third discussion of this evening. And we're asking who should replace Corbyn as Labour leader. So we have just found out this week who is to be the next Prime Minister and as such the leader of the Conservative Party. But looking across the pond to the Labour camp, we can see that there is some pressure mounting on Jeremy Corbyn to step down and a replacement has to be found. But who do you think will be the next person to take on that role of being the new Labour leader and potentially, hopefully not, a future Prime Minister? Well, we want to know who you think it will be out of these following people. So we've got Rebecca Long-Bailey, Emily Thornbury, Kia Starmer, Angela Rayner, uh, Tom Watson or other. But before we even go to the vote, let's ask our delightful Lib Dem, Callum. That is the funniest pronunciation of Angela I've ever heard, George. Well, what I thought, <laughs> I, I suddenly panicked and I thought maybe she's not Angela, so I'm just going to go for Angela. <laughs> well, I'm I think sorry. I to that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Angela or Angela, if, if I offend you <laughs> by saying your name wrong, but I would guess it's Angela uh, oh. because I've never heard her any differently. It's um, really hot, all right? Leave me alone. <laughs> Um, right, yes. Yeah. So in terms of who I think should replace Corbyn as Labour leader, I, I mean, it's very difficult, as you touched <laughs> upon, George, as a, as a Lib Dem to really give a good uh, measure of this. Um, I think a lot of um, Lib Dems might be inclined to say Tom Watson, um, because Tom Watson, he, he's been the deputy leader of the, the Labour Party for Sort of since uh, roughly around the time that Corbyn got elected, um, but he has been much more kind of vocal in firstly his support for a second referendum or at least being anti-Brexit, uh, but also I think he has been very well or much more vocal than what Jeremy Corbyn has in terms of the anti-Semitism crisis within the Labour Party, or the so-called anti-Semitism crisis. And he has, by the Jewish community, been seen as much more of an ally than what Corbyn has been. Um, I think the trouble with Tom Watson is I just... I I struggle to believe that he's going to be the kind of person that's going to unite the entire Labour Party um, to then go and win an election and govern the whole country. I, I... I think he's too much part of one kind of faction within the Labour Party. 
Um, so I think the the Labour should be looking for someone who's who's seen as as less factional than what Watson is. Um, yeah. What I'll do is I'll just quickly go through a little bit about the profiles of each of the other candidates, except Tom Watson, um, just to kind of give a bit of background for people about um, these people. Because, I mean, some of these I heard of, but I didn't really know what they do, to, truth be told. No one I does, mate. They're Labour MPs. <laughs> right. Uh, so the first one's Rebecca Long-Bailey. So she's currently the Shadow Secretary of State for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy. Uh, she's the MP for Salford and Eccles. She was part of the 2015 intake um, and she nominated Jeremy Corbyn in 2015 and is seen as a key ally of Corbyn. So I suppose if, if people are picking Rebecca Long-Bailey it's a, it, or, or if Rebecca Long-Bailey becomes Labour leader, I think it's a sign that the kind of harder left faction of the Labour Party has really taken root there uh, and the Labour is permanently, I think, a much more left-wing party than what it has been um, in the kind of 20 years prior to that or 10 years prior to that. Uh, so Emily Formbury is the MP for Islington South and Finsbury. She's been there since 2005. She's Shadow Foreign Secretary and also um, kind of like the Deputy Prime Minister type role in terms of she, she's quite seen as the kind of number two to to Corbyn, aside from uh, his names, I've, his names escaped me. But the the guy that's the um, chancellor, that's it, that's it. Um, Keir Starmer is the shadow Brexit secretary currently, seen by many as a much more moderate um, MP within the Labour Party. Um, again, this will probably be one that more remain-minded people, more Lib Dem. Green Party, those type voters maybe would be more inclined to back Keir Starmer because I think he's seen as much more socially liberal rather than socialist compared to a lot of the MPs, especially someone like Rebecca Long-Bailey. And then finally, uh, Angela Rayner uh, is MP for Ashton under Lynn since 2015. She's the Shadow Edu Education Secretary. Um, and interestingly, though, she actually backed... Uh, Andy Burnham in 2015, she's seen as a much more soft left kind of um, MP or, or member of the Labour Party than what someone like Rebecca Long-Bailey is. Um, but she did actually then go on to back Corbyn in the 2016 leadership election kind of rerun as such. Um, so I think, I mean, I've got to say, because I'm not a member of Labour, I don't know loads about any of these. But I think based upon that, that maybe Angela Rayner might be a, a, a better bet in terms of that she's, she's backed Burnham previously. She's obviously much more kind of moderate, she's seen by some circles, but she has, when it's come to it, backed Corbyn at times as well. And um, so maybe she can be that kind of unifying figure um, between them all. What do you think, George? Sorry, I've rambled on a little bit there. Sorry, right, mate. I, I, I don't mind. You, uh, you, you do as you please. Um, I think I think someone's trying to uh, get their own show. Uh, <laughs> James has already asked many times. Yeah. All right, mate. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, as as Callum's already said, as a Lib Dem, it's hard for him to uh, choose a leader. As a Conservative, it's even harder. Um, I respect every MP that's in um, Parliament, and I, I think 
all of them serve their constituents to the best of their ability. And as much as I don't agree with what Labour stands for and a lot of what Labour MPs stand for, I think it's also fascinating that out of the options we've got here, the majority of them are women. Um, and I think Theresa May in PMQs this week made a fascinating point in saying um, that, well, that um, Labour is the only major political party in the United Kingdom never to have a female leader, now thanks to the Lib Dems um, appointing Joe Swinson. So, <laughs> all right, quiet it down. Um, so I... I think it's, it's, it's hard for me to stand here and say who I truly want. But also I think what's quite interesting is every single one of these um, people that we've also put forward are what essentially are Remainers. Um, and it's interesting that we seem to think that there is only a way forward um, for Labour under a Remain flag. And I don't believe there are any current Leave Labour MPs that are in a position to um, lead the, the Labour Party because I don't, I don't believe that's the root of their success. And that, this is why I think Jeremy Corbyn has found it so hard because essentially, in his heart, he is a Leaver. Um, so I, I, I kind of find it hard but if i'm honest with you due to her way of words her position at the ballot box and i feel like the way she can carry an argument even though i don't agree with it i do believe that emily thornbury would and should be the next leader um i think she has been all right as the um shadow foreign secretary i don't so much agree with how supportive she's been with Jeremy Corbyn. I think she could have been a bit harsher, which sometimes she has, and she has stood up for what she believes in. Um, and she has, especially around Brexit, she's definitely stood up for what she believes in against Jeremy Corbyn's wishes. Um, so I, I do generally think that Emily Thornby will be the best shout for moving the um, Labour Party forward. And I do especially believe that it will be a lady who leads um, the Labour Party in the next however long. Um, but that is a question that I want to ask you, Callum. How long do you think it will be until we see a leadership contest in the Labour Party? Cool. It's a very difficult one, actually. Um, I probably around six months ago said Corbyn would be gone within six months. So I've obviously not got <laughs> great form uh, in terms of that. Um, but... I just, I, I think once Brexit is done, they, I think Corbyn will stand down then. Um, so not necessarily within like the month of it happening or something like that, but I think that will be the kind of end of, of Corbyn as such, because I, I think there will be a, a huge sense from the, the Labour Party, particularly the parliamentary Labour Party, but I also think the wider membership, which are generally pro-Remain as well, I think there'll be a huge sense of what have we actually done to to stop a no-deal Brexit as such. Um, and and I, I, I think the answer would be that Corbyn's done very little to, to stop that from happening in terms of real terms rather than just the kind of words that, that he speaks. Um, and I think based upon that, that will then trigger Corbyn to stand down and there to be a leadership election. But... It's difficult to say who would win that at all. And I will ask you that in a second, George, but I'll throw that question back to you. When, when will the leadership election happen? 
Well, I, I think it's quite interesting because this week in PMQs, we saw a fellow Labour MP echoing what Theresa May said when she said that um, Jeremy Corbyn should um, accept his resignation and step down. And there was a Labour MP that stood up and said there are many Labour MPs that have the same feelings as um, the then current Prime Minister, which I found quite interesting. And Jeremy Corbyn's face kind of said it all, to be honest. Um, but I, I seriously think that it will be probably in the next year. And, and if we go, if we revert back to one of our opinions or questions that came in earlier on in the show, if there is a general election, I think it will be in the best interest of Labour to fight that general election with a new leader, um, no matter when um, it will be. I think they will definitely seek to fight it with a new leader if it's after October, um, because I think that's the best approach for them. It will get rid of Corbyn, obviously, and hopefully they can start reuniting and put a manifesto that is truly different. Um, but I, I, I think um, Tom Watson as well is a key figure in terms that I think he's someone, if he did become leader, would be someone that kind of tries and pushes the... Uh, party back towards the Tony Tony Blair days. Um, I mean, he has been compared quite a few times sometimes as some of his things that he said as quite Tony Blair um, uh, relating to what Tony Blair has stood for. And he, which I find very strange as, as deputy leader, he has never exactly complimented um, Jeremy Corbyn very often. But, but yeah, I, I think it will be within definitely within the next eight months. Right, okay. And just very briefly, who do you think will actually replace Corbyn as such? Like, not who you want, but who actually will? Um, I unfortunately think the Labour are in a position where they are going to try and keep as left as they can. Um, and I do believe that John McDonald has been after that position for a very long time, and I think he will try and oust for it as much as he possibly can. So I do believe that, unfortunately, it will be John McDonald in that position. But what do you think, Callum? I, yeah. I don't think it will be McDonald. I think it's more likely to be someone that's part of the 2015 intake. Uh, so I reckon I'll put my money on Rebecca Long-Bailey. Oh, uh, who do you think is going to come out on top in this poll? Um, hmm. I reckon Emily Formbury. What about you? So do I, because that's the one that I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. OK, so everyone, remember, we want you to vote on this question. Who should replace Corbyn as Labour leader? And the options are Rebecca Long-Bailey, Emily Thornbury, Kia Starmer, Angela or Angela Rayner, uh, Tom Watson, or other and you can do that at wizardradio.co.uk for slash listen and we'll be back before you know it hello and welcome back to uh to be discussed so before that uh song break we asked the question who should replace corbyn as labor leader and to find out the results of that poll please go to our twitter page that's at whiz radio right then time to move on to our fourth and final discussion of this evening and we are asking do you like superhero films so superhero films are everywhere especially with the rise of the marvel cinematic universe which has spawned over 20 related films to date Couple this with the DC Extended Universe and the now defunct Fox Cinematic Universe, plus an ever-growing list of superhero-centered TV shows, 
and you can really see how popular such films are. But we're going back to basics with this question. So, George, do you actually like superhero films? Um, I think I do, yeah. I, I mean, if one's out and uh, I have some kind of background knowledge of, of the superhero then absolutely i will go and see it i mean i like i quite like watching the avengers and everything but i will be honest i am not religious to watching um superhero movies and also uh, there are some superheroes that you would could tell me about and i would have absolutely no idea who the hell they are um you know i am the classic of superman batman spider-man all of you know the, the kind of ones that actually um know that you know the ones that are really really popular not the ones that have just been recently made up like ant-man whoever the hell he is um recently so made up well they have been recently made up um so, <laughs> so yeah i mean look if it's out i'll go and see it if it's on i'll watch it but i'm not going to go completely out of my way to go and watch a superhero film but what do you think Callum? yeah i mean to be honest i'm not like i, I do like superhero films but they're not something that like i'm really really as you say, religious about, and I don't really follow them. Although I do tend to watch quite a lot of YouTube videos about superhero films, but I don't often actually watch the film. Um, so I think I'm a fan of, especially with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but also I suppose the DCEU as well. Um, I'm a fan of the kind of interconnectivity between different films. Um, and how different characters interact and things like that, and and how it's traditionally films have just been really, unless they like multiple part films, but generally it's been they're very much standalone, and, and a character's arc is within one film as such. But I, I like mm. the way that a character's arc progresses throughout multiple films now in in the MCU, um, and I, I think that is really clever, and that's why I quite often watch the YouTube videos because they delve into that without having to like shell out on actually watching the film and sometimes then just not that great although i will say do not diss ant-man because i very very much like ant-man for sure <laughs> i mean what's your favorite superhero george oh god callum um <laughs> i would probably say oh goodness me iron man iron man okay yeah how about enough. you um, oh, it's a difficult one. So, so I do very much like Ant Man, as I say. Um, but there is meant to be a Nightwing movie, which Nightwing is like a he, he's basically Robin, but then Robin becomes his own independent superhero. So I, I really like Robin. All right. I always really liked Robin. Um, but then Nightwing's like the next stage of his character. Well, a little, little, uh, little fact for everyone that uh, Callum on our Leavers Day dressed up as Robin. So exactly, I, I did, I did exactly. So, but uh, there's meant to be a film, as I say, coming out about Nightwing, which I, I would definitely be watching. And it's directed by the guy who done, I think it was the Lego Movie or it was Lego Batman, something to do with Lego. Mm. I hear he's a good, good director. So great. <laughs> you know, we'll 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 see what happens, won't we? Yeah. Right then, we've reached um, our final song break of this evening, but don't forget to vote on this poll. Do you like superhero films? You can do that at wizardradio.co.uk for us to listen, and we'll be back very soon.
Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. So before the break, we ask the question, do you like superhero films? And to find out the results to that poll, head over to our Twitter page, that's at WizRadio. Right then, it's that sad time of your Sunday night, <coughs> because it's the end of To Be Discussed with Cup and Girl. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Yes, we uh, hope you did. So, as mentioned earlier, uh, well, I didn't actually mention it earlier at all, but because we had all those questions in from uh, about Boris Johnson becoming PM, um, we want you to carry on sending in your opinions of the questions we asked last week, which was, would you consider using internet dating? And you can do that by sending us an email to station at wizardradio.co.uk or through Twitter, that's at wizradio. So, remember... Um, the question is, would you consider using internet dating? And we're, as always, looking forward to hearing your opinions next week. But it, it is now time for Callum and I to be leaving. So, as always, I have been the non-superhero-liking George Lawrence Cup. And I've been the non-superhero-liking, except the YouTube videos, Callum. <laughs> it's not very <laughs> catchy. Uh, super Callum. We'll do that. That's more super. Oh, God. Things, George. No, super end Callum. it now. <laughs> everyone turn off right thanks very much for listening everyone we'll be back next week for another episode of to be discussed goodbye guys ciao for now everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.